You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. To Axe to Grind, the hardcore podcast brought to you by the Springfield Marriott of Des Moines. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. And I'm Tom. Pat's coming back from NotFest. In Ames, Ames, Iowa. You guys want me to start in on the Midwest already? You want me to just lose us fans? That's that's the, we go so hot so fast on Iowa. I get um, so uh, listen. I I was in Minneapolis the other day. Great reception from the crowd. Nice people. Yeah, yeah. Snowing. A, a to- snow around. It wasn't snowing when we were there, but snow on the ground. You have friends in Minneapolis, right? I do. But yeah. listen, it's a total misfortune that they live there. Yeah, I know. It's a nice. Come on, it's just cold. Nope. I'm, I'm not Minnesota playing. Minnesota is I'm, absolutely in my top thirty-five states in the country. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and and I was in the top forty-five, so it's totally cool. I mean, they're definitely my, not 50. Yeah. My driver today, who intoned that perhaps he was a bit too conservative for Des Moines. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, was wow. coming, he had just moved from Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, would you rather be a Huntsville guy or a Des Moines guy? Des Moines. Oh, shit. That's a I'm a Huntsville question. fella. It's warmer. Yes. But I mean, at least like Des Moines, you won't sweat when you're wearing your hood. No, but De- how Des far is Huntsville from the coast? Des Moines is a sweat box in the summer. Yeah, it is. Bad. Yeah, it is. It sits. All right, I'm looking at Huntsville. Um, yeah, fuck, man. I guess no. How far is it from the- Birmingham? Can I like go hang out in Birmingham? Far. It's 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 no. It's it's it's. I'd say Huntsville is equidistant. It's a little closer to Birmingham. It's halfway to Nashville. All right, so some culture. All right, you're in. Okay, yeah, uh, you good. can get over to Chattanooga pretty quick. Um, I'm, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's. I, I think I'm going to Des Moines. Wow, uh, d- you know what it is? Those Tennessee drivers that drive me nuts. They're bad. <laughs> okay. Worst <laughs> in the country. Um, wow, strong sentiment. Get, All right, before we uh, get further, let's talk sponsors. Shout out to Deathwish Inc. Boom. Shout out to To Live a Lie. <laughs> we got two on deck today. Why don't we kick it off with Run for Cover Records? Run for Cover Records, the uh, f- purveyor of fine vinyl and uh, soft goods. Uh, <clears throat> I'm Spoken like talk- a tour man. Yeah, I'm going to talk about uh, yeah, soft goods. Uh, what? You mean there's a f- there's a venue take on fucking soft goods? Fifteen percent on soft goods. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we're a uh, drug church. Uh, just began our tour with Citizen, mm. uh, and. I got to be totally frank. I am not super familiar with the uh, uh, citizen. Uh, what's the word? O- o- Catalog. Over. Now what's that? Ovu or or. I think what's that word? Bob and I both said it correctly, and you. You said it. Orvor. Is that right? I think so. Over. Oh yeah, it's closer to that shit. I think. Over. Yeah. Okay. You say over. The catalog. How about you just say that? Whatever. The catalog. Wasn't super familiar. Uh. And I got to say, 
it's a pretty impressive live act. I didn't know what to expect at all, you know, because I'd heard the most recent record. And I like it. It's got like, uh, as everybody pointed out, it's got like some killer vibes and, and uh, uh, maybe like uh, some block party with Franz Ferdinand, stuff that like mm. is quite big um, festival <laughs> stuff. Not just you know? throwing out fucking, it's got like Franz Ferdinand, maybe some fucking fiery I mean, furnaces. Or, uh, you haven't uh, heard them? Search them on Bandcamp, no biggie. <laughs> but no, I mean, I was uh, like, I thought that that was an interesting turn for a band that like doesn't wear suits, you know? And the vibe on this band is fascinating to me. Like I I only saw them this one time, but have you never played with them? So I was informed that drug church played with them. I was informed that we did a tour with them in 2017. (laughs) (laughs) I was informed. I was informed that we played a show with them a long time ago. And I I don't recall like Michigan band, uh, Michigan band. Yeah. I think Detroit and maybe right outside. Okay. Um, So, uh, nice kids. Uh, everybody I met last night is cool, but, but more to their, to their show. Uh, it's, it's really interesting because they're now into a sound that is God, citizen. Yeah. They're from Southeast Michigan and Northwest Ohio. I think there you go. Toledo is their, their calling card. So. Oh, they claim Toledo, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, do they okay. claim uh, it though? I'm a Kalamazoo so. man they, myself. I think they do. They I'm an Ypsilanti yeah. guy. <laughs> So listen, this band now is firmly occupying a sound and doing it well that usually is the the the, the land of of uh, image, you know? Like mm. the land of of people that really care about the way that they look. Like shiny coats. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like Brandon Flowers wears like shiny jackets and they're off-putting. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And this is a band where the singer still wears a fucking hat. Like he's in a noise core act and respect. That's what I said. Yeah, <laughs> like It is. Th- I think that part of the reason that this band is, has really dedicated fans and is winning at this juncture is because it's what no you bullshit. see is what you get. Yeah, there's You no know what I mean? Guys. It's, it's dudes that are wearing like, like I was talking to some of the kids after like a couple of, of the musicians after the show and like, you know, we're talking about like show clothes because we just uh, self defense was just out. Sorry, everybody, we're doing Patrick's tour life. So, self defense was just out with Touche, and a Touche thing that I think is very pro band, like like pro attitude, is they just have their disgusting show shirt that yeah. they put they put on a hanger every day, and then you know so that they have that one disgusting shirt right right put it on we, moist the next day it's wonderful it's really <laughs> right. and we were talking about we were talking about this phenomenon of like that's do pro. you have a sh- do you have a show shirt do you have right. a sh- uh, and they're like the the one kid says oh no i i never really thought about that i i think i just wear whatever i was wearing that day and then you know hopefully it doesn't get too sweaty i'm like well it's disgusting but anyway the point is <laughs> the the uh uh these fellas just look like look like Kalamazoo dudes, you know, and <laughs> and f- I honestly in my it, 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 uh, from my appraisal on this one night, their fans fucking love them, and I think that this is part of it is that there's no shiny no shiny uh, you know no Birkenhead shirts over here, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I this is my shout out to Citizen, but also go up their newest newest record, which is what uh, Life in Your Glass World. Life in Your Glass World, and RunForCoverRecords.com. Go get it. Go get it, everybody. Yo, I think we're gonna go somewhere else, Tom. Where are we going? 
We're going um, northern New York. We're going to Albany, Troy. Mm. Mm. Um, Palisades Mall. No, it's a pa- no, it's Crossgates Mall, right? Yes, it is Crossgates. Look at me. Um, so we're going to closed casket activities. Mm. I'm not going to try to say that French word that Pat tried to say earlier. Or or to yours. Um, Close cast is the newest thing they have. I mean, they have a ton of stuff in the uh, coming. In the hopper. Oh, man. Lots of stuff people are going to be very excited about. Um, So, oh, two things. They they just reissued. They put out a uh, Santa Sangre. That's the one that I was saying is for a very niche audience, but an audience that'll be very grateful that he did it. Sounds great. I yeah, I listened to um not too long ago, so everyone should check that out. Shout out to Busky. Um, but then he also did a reissue for the 10th anniversary of Harm's Way Isolation. Mm. Um, this is a fair to say this is their biggest record. I don't want to say that because every band wants to say that their last record was their biggest record, but this let's let's say this classic record. Yeah. It made it. It made or it made them. It made a it's real their impression. Pillar record. Um, what can be said about this record that hasn't been? But today, in conversation with a friend, um, we were talking about hate breed because we had a lot of hate breed talk on a recent episode, and they were going in, going in, and we're like, you know, hate breed, da, da, da. and we all conceded that we weren't. We were none of us were totally fans, but the one who was a big gym dude, a lifter dude, said. Well, yeah, I mean, I listen to Hatebreed when I'm at the gym. And my, almost at the same time, I was like, well, I think anybody who lifts weights at a gym is at least a little bit into Hatebreed, you know? And the only other band he mentioned, Harm's Way. So, Harm's Way um, is a lifting band, and not just because 100%. of the singer. No, because the, the music has that kind of, you know, push through it. It's high energy. It gives you that, I'm going to lift something heavy energy. This is kind of a, a, a this is their earliest kind of venture into the whole thing but um if you guys want to get where it started check it out it's a double lp reissue of the record kind of cool um it's beautiful yeah it's really cool so go to closedcasketactivities.com pick that up pick up that santa sangre and uh keep your eyes out for the next cca release oh man guys how you doing how we feeling today i have a i have a bone to pick <clears throat> no, Ooh, please. Um, in the uh, what are we? In, are we within the Patrick Kinlan universe? Are we like the MCU? Uh, we can be PKU, sure. So um, I happen to listen to another ep- another um, show in the PKU, mm. and it starts out Bob with uh, Patrick talking a little shit about the, about me and you. Really? <laughs> What's he say? I don't recall this. <clears throat> so um, Ian. And Patrick are talking about like how difficult it was because they were both on tour and trying to, to plan stuff when they're both mm. moving targets, how difficult it is to record the podcast and blah, blah, blah. Sure, sure. You know, and then at the one point, Ian was like, the, Ian just kind of gave up and was like, well, when one of us are home, we'll figure it out. Mm. And Pat's like, I respect that. Like those guys from Master Grind, man, like they're like fucking, you know, they made me record in Philadelphia in a train station. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And and then like Ian's like, yeah, I mean, like, we're not beholden to anybody, like whatever. And and he's like, we don't, you know, but like, you know, he's like, we we don't owe anything to anybody. We're not getting paid. Mm-hmm. Here's my problem. Well, number mm-hmm. one, Pat was besmirching our name. Number two, Pat yeah. neglected to man to mention that he does get paid. 
So yeah, on a Sunday when you didn't answer us, we made you record while you waited for a train. But your check cleared, right? <laughs> My check did clear. <laughs> Not just two fucking dudes being like, "My band." My one band, the weird band that I wanted to pop doesn't happen, but like my pop bands are doing great. You know, <laughs> let's talk about fucking per diems. These two dudes fucking jerking off to their own assholes. And <laughs> wow. wow. And him being like, you know, never, you know, Pat's like, I have, you know, I'm on tour, but I also have two other jobs. And I was like, I, we better be one of them. Listen, Tom, <laughs> what do I, what do I say to the haters the, uh, of anything? Thank you for listening. Oh wait, are you are you being a what are you are you, you calling me a hater? hater? Are you are you, or are you calling yourself a hater on Axe to Grind? <laughs> Please. I mean, I know you're a hater of responsibility, but like <laughs> Wait, so wait, hold I on. I stopped real listening. Quick, real quick question. Yeah. Patrick, what's the name of that podcast? Uh It doesn't matter what the name on, is. Hold oh, on. I'm sorry. just seeing if he knows it. <laughs> I don't, don't care it. if this ruins my life. Okay, there you go. I got it. I you almost caught me. It took a second. I think Tom gave you just enough pause did, to yeah. pull it open. I was trying to give you the rock. Wow. He also looked it up probably. Yeah. Well, listen, I I'm just having senior moments left and right. Like I had to listen to drug church songs for I would say nine hours yesterday to get them wrong during the set. I'm struggling out here. My brain is now I got COVID brain now. Something's you got, you got not Yeah, something's not working. I got a brain cloud. It's not going good. So, uh, by the way, shout out to uh, Minneapolis. That was the most tired I've been on stage from Jump in a long time. I uh, think. Yo, like- yo, let's 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 do this today. We're doing all quick hits. Uh, PK, I think you're leading right into our first quick hit. Go. Uh, okay. Here's the where phenomenon. was the show too? By the way, um, Amsterdam is the name of the venue. Oh, okay. Because uh, the whole steady were playing in Minneapolis. You were playing their hometown against them. No shit. I think well, so, but they were playing like, what's the two? What's the what is Seventh Street Entry and the other one is, what's the bigger oh, room? I don't fucking know. Listen, if I got to hear about local musicians done good, bought a venue one more fucking time in my no, life, no, they I mean, didn't. But this isn't this isn't Dillinger Four. Okay. No, this, what's the I don't know. Whatever. But they were playing I, the I, place I, next listen, week. Okay. Dillinger Four, I'm sure, is a good band. And I've played whatever that venue is, and I appreciate the fact that they had us. Although I'm sure they did not know. But I, I, I hate these fucking venue stories. All right, so some guy started a business. Congratulations. Fuck, I've, well, you know how he started his business? You know how they started that? Before we yeah. get into Minneapolis hardcore, you know how D4 started that venue? Uh, tell me. They, took the, they probably took their major label money or some shit, right? No. Green Day money. Green Day money. They sued Green Day for stealing the riff for American Idiot and got paid and opened a venue. That's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> I mean, that's a good use of your Green Day money. Anyway, you're in Minnesota and you're, you're tired. Listen, I got low, limited lung capacity. I'm struggling. And that's from the first fucking note. I'm like, oh, no. We're fucked. Pat Covidian over here. Yeah. I... I'm not going to use any names. So I many think people I could, are laughing right now. So many I, people are like, I got their like hands like, oh, I told you, you fuck. Sorry. I think I could get away with saying <laughs> the names of the bands that I'm thinking of, but let's keep things 100% in the no offense zone. How many times have you seen a hardcore band who are okay, but the crowd is going off in such a way that makes them dope – 
if you're not watching from the bar. If right. Watching- and then you get their record, you take it home, you go, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they're great on record. But what you realize is if you're up close, greatest band in the world, because some kid just kicked you in the face and that was, you know, that yeah. it, it changed your view of things. Right. From if- 25 feet away with some plexiglass, you're like this. Yeah. And so I really felt like for the, maybe the first time in my life, I was that band because kids were going off, but I was like, I was spent. I was like a fucking old turd. So I want to give a shout out to the people in Minneapolis uh, for uh, really making us look better than we deserve to look last night. I only fucked up one entire verse. So a pretty good average. That's not bad. I mean, Pat's going to come back during the summer and make it up to you and do a full uh, free show for Drug Church to make up for his. Now, Pat, do you think, and I ask these questions, and I mean these seriously. Mm. Number one, do you you think it's all COVID? Number two, do you think it might just be you're sort of like cardio out of shape because what you do in Drug Church is way different from what you do in self-defense? And three – do you think it's just like, you know, at you know, in our our general age ranges, I won't I won't age you. Thank you. That um, those two years are a fucking long time. Yeah, well, that's a good point. If you were 22 and then we had a, tw- a two year break and you come back at 24. Yeah. I mean, you going from 38 to 46. I mean, it's a fucking, you know, that's a problem. It's it's a, so here's what I'll say. Yeah, uh, probably all three of those. The COVID thing is I'm giving COVID a lot of credit for uh, taking me out here because <clears throat> I get yeah, – congratulations. <laughs> I get a uh, – uh, everybody, I'm on ivermectin uh, just to upset Tom. The uh, oh, You can have whatever you want. It's not vegan probably, but it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just I – think, I honestly think it's just minerals or some shit. Anyway, the, <laughs> the point is – I uh just healthy, really, just health. It's just like nature's bounty. Exactly. Right. Uh, a, tooth, a toothpaste thing full of health. That's all it is. <laughs> uh maybe twice a day I get a bad coughing fit. I'm still not over my COVID cough. I have zero symptoms otherwise. I feel like I feel very good. But you gotta choose not to cough anymore, man. I don't understand <laughs> I got that cough. Um so anyway, long story short. I was the '90s hardcore band, or the uh, oh, you know, actually, who suffers from this more than anybody in the world, in my view? Basement Ooh. crust is painfully unengaging if there's no crowd. So that's the type of music I was playing last night. Like the guy, you look like you're like looking for the bus. Like you turn around, <laughs> look at the drummer. Not no 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 not like. Sometimes I see videos. I go nothing felt nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just you, you're gonna stand there like did did we miss the B10 already? Did that was was that <laughs> it was early? Oh okay. Uh, maybe not that bad. Maybe not. Okay, uh, this will be so vague that it won't be disrespectful. I've played with a number of uh, Euro crust bands. When you mm. play, like Tom, I'm sure you've had this experience. Um, you're playing Europe, and you end up crossing paths with other touring acts. Um multiple times you know yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, and the shows can get really mixed bill style and so we've played with 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 crust bands from parts of non uh what do they what the english sphere whatever they call that wow. um you're really on one man I, this it didn't just impact yeah, what's up biden lung capacity who, who are we talking about uh, what fucking 
Let's go, Kinlan. Holy shit. What's going on? What happened? Sometimes we go out on a branch, but we're we're fucking grasping at leaves here. At that last dead leave that's about to fall to the ground. What'd I say? You're looking for some term for the to describe the region the No, what what is it? What is the what is so there's the Franco there's like the Franco phone people, right? But what is the English the the English speaking world? What's that shit called? no, that's not Anglophone. We're thinking about that one. Is that it? Sure. No. Whatever. Just keep it moving, my friend. Thank you. Wow. And I put together this this 1.5 trillion. Talk about Italians and Spaniards. People that I love. People I love, but their crust bands don't move. Like physically don't move. you, You could replace them with cardboard and you'd get the same experience, except the crowd moves. So I'm suggesting that that's the type of band I was last night. And my apologies to Minnesota, but you did an excellent job of filling in for me. Thank you. Thank you, Minnesota. Um, so to speak on this, are you hope? Are you going to be, what's your regiment for the rest of this tour? Are you going to try to get a little extra cardio in early? Get in the some day road work. So you, can, you know what I mean? Yeah, we're going to try to, we're going to shoot duty. for 50 burpees and some arms. That doesn't help about, you with your breathing. What about breathing? your cardio, man? Yeah. The, well, the burpees are the compromise. The burpees are the compromise on cardio because it, I can't just do cardio. What like am no, I? I mean, I mean, just go for. I mean, go for a walk. I'm not telling you go maybe. run for ten miles or run after yeah, the van. Maybe, yeah, yeah, do something. You gotta get. I mean, there, I there are dudes on tour that do. They run and shit, but like jumping jacks. Running is crazy. Get the running's fuck out of tough. here. Running. Walking's not walking's. No, you're right. You're right. Listen, but, but I just think about think about how shit. Like this is the one thing I'll say. If you got any sort of ailment that's pushing down your lung capacity. It ain't getting help by sitting in a van for six hours. Uh, right? you, uh, that's you know? no joke. Do you have a trailer? I, I don't even want to talk about it, Tom. I was going to say, <laughs> buy a fucking shit bike and just ride around towns. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time. A secular religion, if you will with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now on Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts. We, I hate a trailer. I would rather spend the money to have the shit shipped to us, uh, but I lost that argument. So, yeah, we got a trailer. So buy a little fucking – go to fucking Walmart, buy a $75 bike, mm. and instead of running, just fucking whip around towns. Get one with cool I mean, pegs, I, I make the I mean? band stop every hour so I can do 250 steps. I'm on it. Yo, um, oh my God. have you been losing a lot of band arguments lately? It seems like you have. Uh, left and right. Yeah. It's because I'm I got other shit on my mind, so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna uh, gonna, delegate authority on this matter or that matter, and then I look up and uh, my life is shit. So you want you want to fill? I don't know if this is public, but so on top of recording a video in a warehouse, he's a warehouse actor, and and having a uh, yeah, having a trailer. 
do you want to tell Tom the salt and the wound of, of going to LA uh, just to then re re trying <laughs> yeah, okay. Minnesota? So, Tom, I, I flew out to California to, for this ahead of this tour to practice because, right. because that would, you know, we'd want to be tight, but people in LA are so fucking weird about traffic that when yes. I said, all right, uh, what time are we practicing? They said, we're going in an hour. I said, oh, pick me up. And they said, I, I see the three dots for like way too long. Right. So they're typing the fuck no in a nicer way. And Yeah. And then they go, uh, too far. Listen to the record. So I flew to oh. LA to practice, didn't get to practice, and then drove 27 hours to fucking Minnesota. <laughs> I could have just flown into Minnesota. That's some Allen Iverson shit. <laughs> yeah, practice. Practice. Yeah, Figure exactly. out your, your carbon footprint on all that shit, buddy. Wow. Yeah, exactly. I'd be pretty furious, to be honest with you. I know you would be. <laughs> like, really? I thought about that. Like, you could have hung out, like, in Albany for, like, I mean, not that that's a win, but I mean. Like, <laughs> no, it's not a win. You could have gone to, I mean, did you have anywhere to go in LA? Like, was your room, did you, like, bunk up I with s- your roomie? What's going on? I slept on the couch uh, at my old spot. Uh, wow, it's your old spot. He's in between places. Times are changing. Yeah. Times are changing. You, do you uh, throw him a 20 spot? Like, what do you do? No, come on. I, I, it, I, part of the deal that we worked out was, hey, I'm going to continue to pay $100 in rent so that I can use a portion of this uh, space as storage. And also That's where will, he keeps the cart. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. So if, I don't want to get too inside, but to our listeners, I brought a, 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 shopping, call, cart. a shopping cart into our home and just for ambiance and because I thought it was very funny and it was in my room. And then on my last day there, I brought it out into the living room because I didn't have time to throw it out. So I just brought it out into the living room. Oh, you have this time to make room for, to make room for the uh, new roommate. I didn't want him to walk into a shopping cart. So I bring it in his room. So I bring it out to the living room thinking Eric will certainly throw it out. That's why it's out here. I came back and there it's got weights in it. It's just in the living room where I left it. But now it's just got exercise equipment. Hey, Tom. <laughs> it's yeah. part of the view. It's had a, a fixture. Roommate, if you had a roommate who brought a shopping cart into the house and then as he was moving out, he just left it in the living room. What would your response to that be? You taking that with you? Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't assume like, oh, let me and toss that for What if he left it. and just left it there? Yeah. I think you'd. Yeah, I wouldn't have assumed because that's the thing. You throw that away and then Pat comes back four months later and he goes, where the fuck's my shopping cart? Yeah. Well, that's true. That's uh, something right. I would do. And Patrick, is this the only time you've had a shopping cart in your bedroom? No, I, I'll I'll take a shopping cart anytime I see one on the street. I was gonna say, how did you get? Like, did you have to like throw it over the sensor that that locks the wheels? Like, how'd you? No, get it? I listen. I, I'm stealing secondhand. I just found it in the street. Yeah, do you sell some like houseless houseless persons like stuff? Oh, yeah. that would be true. Yeah, like, like that doesn't if just. You believe in if you have strong feelings on on property rights? Uh, yes, he did do that. Yeah. I, well, I, I'm gonna be straight with you, fellas. I stole a homeless person's bicycle. I don't give a shit. I'm out here committing crimes against the homeless. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Uh, next <clears throat> quick hit. Patrick, the, the, the outlaw. Um, Jesus Christ. G- guys, the uh, Turnstile Summer Spring Tour 2022 just got announced. Um, Go on. on uh, from memory, it's Turnstile, Citizen, 
You missed ceremony. Somebody. Ceremony. Oh, you missed somebody, I think. Is, is no. it, oh, no, you're right. Sorry, you're right. We're going from the top. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. Turnstile, citizen, ceremony, Akulu, truth cult. Um, and then who did I miss? Did I miss one or two? I'm uh, Coco. One more. I think you missed one. The, okay. uh, well, Coco and Claire Claire. Yeah. That's one band. Yes. That's the one. Okay. So wait, I thought it was a six band bill. That's six bands. I think that is six. Yeah. Okay. I didn't. <clears throat> wait. Turnstile, yes. citizen, ceremony. Yep. Yep. I did. Okay. Ukulu, truth cult, Coco and Claire Claire. Um, big tour. Pretty exciting. Turnstile, I would say certainly has a lot of energy. Uh, if you've listened to Axe Grind before today, you've probably heard us talk about them once or twice. Um, is that a cool tour? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I think it's a pretty big tour. Is but is six it bands cool? Too Tom? many? Is six bands too many for a tour? Yes. Yeah, for me, squarely. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think I do too. I think you go four, maybe a local opener. I know that's probably a pain in the ass for bigger bands, so I, I can't say that for certain. Well, I mean, you do four, and you give the promoter the option to do local opener, but but basically say, hey, look, um, that's on your discretion. You know what I mean? Like, you right. But that sucks for a Kulu, opener. then. Sucks say. for a Kulu, then. Or sucks for Truth Cult if you do the five. Right. But, um, yeah. I mean, you know. Uh, I, I think That could be cool three point. bands. Oh, right. It, it's, but I, you know what I like is that Turnstile Citizen Ceremony. One, there are people who like all three of those bands. Yep. Yep. Two, there's a lot of people who like two of those three bands, and you can rearrange them in any which order. Uh, three, between the power of those three bands, there's a lot of people who like one of those bands significantly more than the other two. Sure. And you're really getting hardcore bands, Akulu, Truth Cult, and then awesome. Coco and the Claire Claire, uh, who I'm not familiar with, so please excuse my ignorance, um, you're getting those three smaller bands a hell of a lot of exposure. Fuck yeah. So so that's cool. Cool move. Yeah. Cool on an even kill. <clears throat> to me, and this is my old age, um, well, not even my old age, but just like looking at some of the venues they're playing, mm. this place that I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen six bands play here at, together. You know, like, so in Brooklyn, they're playing Brooklyn Steel. Mm-hmm. That's a like you know, you know, doors at seven, you know, and then bands at eight, nine, and ten, shows over by eleven, right? Like this is like there's no way that that's feasible. I mean, unless, I mean, I don't know if the opening band they might not have a backing band, they might be more electronic, so maybe like Truth Cult can be set up and the, who, who I mean, who knows? Yeah, right, like right. logistically, smooth, smooth but that's a, right. That's a lot to do in a play, you know, in venues that most of those venues have to be. Well, I mean, maybe that's only New York pies, but I think most places have to be done by like 11, 1130 at the latest. You'll get you'll get places where they do the shows later. But but I just spoke with a friend uh, whose band played this past weekend and they went on at 1145 and they're younger folks. And they were like, fuck, that sucks. They hate it, too. Who wants to go on at eleven forty five at night? Unless you're unless you're like that's in for a penny, in for a pound shit right there. Like like yo, if I'm going to a show that starts at eleven, fuck it. Doesn't matter. If I'm right. going to a show that starts at eight and you got a band going on four and a half hours later, fuck. Yeah. Um, that's so, why yeah. Just so like a couple weeks back. 
there was that Age of Apocalypse, um, God's Hate, Incendiary show. Oh, yeah. Dude, I was out the door back home by 9.45. That's really nice. AOA went on at 7. God's Hate went on at 8. Uh, Incendiary went on at 9. Out mm-hmm. the door. And they all played the full sets. Like, you know, it wasn't like AOA only got 15 minutes and out the door by 9.45. That's pretty awesome. And everyone that I spoke to, everyone was stoked. The dudes that I've known from, you know, New York for 30 years, they were like, that's the way a show should be. Younger folks Mm -hmm. were psyched on it. Shout out to everyone who said hello, by the way, at that show. It was awesome. So many people traveled for that show and stuff. And like a lot of people had really kind things to say about our podcast. So that means a lot. You know, like, yeah, thank you. If you ever see any of like even Patrick, he may be a weirdo, but he really appreciates it. Mm hmm. Um, just don't, you know, approach slowly and he'll be fine and just make sure keep he's not your, eating keep your valuables hidden. Yeah. I mean, obviously. And out. yeah, if he's eating breakfast potatoes, just keep walking. Cause he's becomes feral, yeah, but I'm in it. you know, but thank you to everybody for that. But like, that's the way I, mean, I feel like I'm all, and, I, and, and this is a little bit of a diversion, but I would mm-hmm. like everyone's opinion on this that's talking fair. about it. Do you think coming from the last two years that it might not be the worst idea to kind of slowly introduce people to shows again before we get back into like doors at four, 12 bands thing again. Like, do you think Ooh, you need to slowly, but surely enter? Cause I think um, like, if you go, all right, we're going to do three tonight. And then like, as things open up even more and more and it's safer and it's safer, then you go, all right, then it's four. like, I could not imagine I don't give a shit who's playing me going to like a, a weekend festival right now. That just seems like so beyond my comprehension. And I wonder if that's the case for a lot of folks. Well, I'll tell you this. FYA sold out in like fucking an hour and a half. Well, that's true. So. Too. <laughs> but I mean, that's also no, it's two I, I days. Think, I, it's Florida. It's E-Town. I mean, it's Turnstile. It's a Florida fucking, in January or whatever it is. That sounds pretty. Yeah. Nice. You kind of, you know what though? That's bullshit though. Because when we went, we played FYA. In January, and also I was all stoked. I wore the same jacket I wore in New York. That shit sucked. Yeah, in Tampa yeah, I mean, it was still cold. Like, I mean, that but, festival, that lineup is not is fucking insane. Anyway, so like yeah. that's so you, yeah. Shout out to Bobby put together a killer festival. So I think everybody's it was getting sold out because it was a great lineup, and people I think are excited for that to come back. But there's a good point to your rollout. By the way, I think I'm going to the U.S. Virgin Islands very soon. What? Um, purely because it's actually like warm, warm. It's like. 85 every day there that sounds what am i doing wrong i don't know but that's where i think we should have hardcore festivals. i'm in des moines tom yeah so um so anyways the uh um, i'll give you some work stories i'll fucking trade you your des moines hotel for my work story tomorrow <laughs> um i would say this i think you're not wrong i do think there are people who aren't us and aren't in our uh approximately 115 year old age sure. bracket who are like, nah, I'm in, I'm ready, let's fucking do this. But for the rest, I mean, yo, the the folks who put together that incendiary God's Hate Age of Apocalypse show are very smart, very intentional types. They were like, this is this is the perfect way for everyone to leave this feeling as good as they possibly can after this show. And from all I heard, that's that's where it was, you know? Um it was a buzz by six, six, you know, by, you know, uh, another six, eight months from now, whenever this turns out full us tour is, eh, people might be feeling better. 
Um, it's gonna but be it April is, and May. The weather will be bad. It's yeah. It's you yeah, know. Hopefully, hopefully, like hopefully the situation is better and, and by all accounts it, it's moving that way even if we have some bumps along the road sure. so i agree for me you know what's my covid thing is my my interest and in, and in, i don't know if it's a covid thing or a life thing getting me to go to a show is harder which is which is i wonder i don't think that's true for younger folks but i think for a lot of people in the 30 plus bracket one i itch to go do stuff obviously but two i like my family i like doing shit here i like you know so it's it is harder to peel me out of the chair sometimes yeah and i mean i think people and we were talking about this at that show like with some of our buddies and it was like you know people buy the tickets they sold out immediately and then you know you know, less third people, of the people, less people show up. Up, didn't show up, right? You know right. what I mean? I think, you know, and I think that's going to be everywhere. Like, I, you know, you'll see things that sell out and then day of, it's like, well, actually, you could, we could probably sell another 40 tickets or whatever the fuck. Right. Um, right. But it's an interesting thing yeah. to keep in mind as we talk about this, right? Is that there's going to be places where it's like, yo, uh, let's keep a little bit of room for the people who are yeah. going to show up. Yeah. Know? I mean, people are buying the choice, they're buying like the opera, like, they're not buying a ticket to the, the show itself. They're buying the, you know, they're buying Potential. futures on a choice. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much what it is. They're like, well, I don't want to totally get shut out. But like, you know, when it comes to, you know, like if there's a fucking wherever, if there's a festival in fucking Des Moines mm-hmm. in March and they go, do I really want to get on a plane? Do I want to yeah. do that? Like, they, but they're like, well, I only spent $50 for the ticket. So like, fuck it. Or I'll, they'll send it, you know, like I think people are just buying, buying in early and hoping you yeah. know, when the show comes around, they feel like going. So I have a question for you guys that will end up being a transition from this convo on the Turnstile Tour. Everybody go check that out. Seems cool. Sick tour. Yeah. Something for, for almost anybody who listens to this to, to hear. And if for some reason you haven't heard one of the those bands, it's worth checking out. Um, ha, have you guys been asked, because I've been asked, do you think the big summer hardcore festivals will be back next summer? Yes, I do. Tom. Yes. Do you think, have you, what do you think, will the big summer hardcore festivals be back next summer? Um... Yeah, I think so. I think, I think so too. Maybe differently. You know, maybe not indoors. Yeah, maybe. You know, which might not be the worst idea either. You know, depending on when it is and stuff like that. Like, you know, if if, if you told me like, oh, we, we set up, you know, Sound and Fury set up like outside somewhere like covered. Yeah. Like near the, I mean, like California, like on, you know, in a June. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Kind of dope. You know what I mean? Like I think, you know, or this is hardcore, like, you know, they there's that big space anyway. I don't know yeah. what the I mean, who knows what like the laws and shit like that, but like you know what I mean? Like the, the room outside, the space outside is bigger than the space inside. No, I mean, we'll see. Uh hopefully they'll have the option one way or the other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and as we've noted, like, yo, I can't emphasize this enough. There's such a difference in the level of um, what you go through putting on an outdoor event versus an indoor event. 
I mean, you can speak to it. You put on one of the biggest yeah, outdoor yeah, events I, in a long I, time. I did, I did, and I've done all sorts of different ones. I've done car shows, different things like that. Um, yo, uh, give me something where I have control of the indoor environment every day because you just – California, pretty safe bet that it's going to be a nice day. But if you get rain, holy shit, it just yeah, sucks. Bad it's just, time. It's just a bad time, right? So, and I, I mean, you know – the East Coast is unpredictable, man. <laughs> you know, the Northeast, sure. you know, there's been at least a couple of years where I've been to This Is Hardcore's where, where it's rained and it's like, God damn it. You know, right. you can't but then control the inside that. parts stinks. Yeah, well, but it's happening. And you go, oh. I mean, look at that half hard show. It. Yeah. Dude, I feel like they were like, thank you. Good night. We were half hard. And then it was like, and the skies opened up. Correct. Like, could you imagine if that was fucking 20 minutes earlier? Yep. I mean, it would yeah. probably been fucking epic as shit, but it would have been a fucking nightmare. It would have been a nightmare with that many people and just stuff going 10, on. 10,000 people in a fucking, yeah. And you have all this stuff going on, and it was like a th- lightning storm. You know, it was crazy. So, um, yes, so uh, we can speculate further, but I would put money on both those festivals and all the other stuff. I mean, LDB's happening. Yep, and there's a bunch of, yeah, we've got some other shows to talk about, but there's... Um, all the European festivals, I think, are really clued in. And even though they're seeing some spikes right now, I don't think anyone's too afraid of that. I think everybody's gearing it's up so for far summer out. 20, yeah. yeah, summer 2022, everybody is feeling like it's also. Uh, we should mention the. We should mention that the the attitude is changing, <clears throat> even among the science community. I, I don't know if you saw the the study that, uh, basi- basically, the thing that we all kind of knew. And some people intoned early, yeah, is now being said out loud, which is you're getting this. You, you know what I mean? So right, and if you're vaccinated, you're not going to die, right? And that's the, that's the notion. And uh, so, with that in mind, I think that when the scientists start saying it, slowly the media will roll out the same concept, and then eventually it'll diffuse, and people will kind of take it. This is just what it is. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, that's like the New York Times thing was like that. There was an article over the week, like last week, whatever, it was sort of like, you know. All right, and so, like, this is going to be the normal. Like, we'll kind of have to get on with it because, like, it's and never going to go away totally. But, like, if you do what you can to, like, ameliorate, like, you know, like, you, you, you'll be fine. And, but it's going to be around. And uh, having just done the United States and about to do it again, I would say – a third of the country doesn't seem to be aware that there's a pandemic going on. So like, uh, yeah, is that good so, or bad though? Well, I'm not, I'm not suggesting one or the other. I'm just saying that like, uh, a lot of our listeners, like, so we're, we, you and I are in a bubble, right? You guys are in the East coast bubble. I'm in a West coast, uh, uh, the oligarch, uh, elite bubble, you know? And we, we forgot that a lot of our listeners are probably listening to us going, guys, what the fuck? You keep using this word pandemic. <laughs> I mean, what is this? Because straight up, the South does not seem to care a lick that this is going on. Yeah, but they didn't care in like March of 2020. Uh, I'm Tom, it's not even like there's no judgments here. I'm sure. Listen, we can talk about how they're not the most responsible people. I'm just saying. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That- can you guys pull back? Because I have a question. Sure. Why do you think that is? The South likes to party? I don't know. 
No, I mean, I think it's, I mean, it's, it's been so politicized. Yeah. I think that's all it is. Really, yeah. I mean, that's really what it is. And it's like, oh, I hate this guy. So I'm not, I'm going to do X. I hate this guy. I'm going to do X. Like, it, it's so, you know, um, but I do hope Fest come back. Yeah. I mean, and, mm. and my like wrapping my head around it right now, but I wonder like if we, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, like you, you slowly get introduced to something that used to be scary. And it kind of you lose your fear of it. I wonder if that's the way to kind of do it and sort of slowly but surely kind of open things up and kind of, you know, like, hey, for a year and a half, you like sat home and watched fucking videos on YouTube. And now you're like in the, in the right. shit. Right. And then going to a show for three hours. I was like, dude, if you could promise me that every show I go to is going to be three hours, like sign me up for another 10 years. Like I'm in 100 <laughs> percent. You know, it was like dead serious like that. If, if I could go you and know- like. It's perfect, you know, and like you, that's. Why, I mean, you, no. you might have just really identified something, Tom. And please, I want you to finish, but uh, yeah. pin on that, please. What were you excited? No, I mean, like it was like a like a veil. A veil mm-hmm. shows were always three bands. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was three bands, five bucks, which is not a feasible thing in twenty twenty one. But to do like three or four bands, and it's not like old people talking because like a lot of like the younger folks that I talk, they're like, yo, like. It's 9.30, 9.45. Like, if we want to go get food, I can go do that. If we want to so, go to a bar, we can go do that. Like, this is this is how it should be. So Exactly. Now, here's what I want to say. I think what matters more or less is the number of bands and more is how long the show was. And this is something where I think we can all find ground. If you can make six bands work in three hours, I don't mind your six-band show. I feel like that just happened in Philly. Yo, I have. It was like done like two hours and forty five minutes. Yeah. yeah, yo, full credit. And it's one of the things that it's when you go to a show that runs. Look, I'm not trying to race bands on and off a stage, but yo, click it through. These bands should have twenty ish minute sets for the most for for hardcore bands. We're talking about fast music. Twenty five if they're pushing it. Headliner can play for longer if they want, but yo, it shouldn't be all the malarkey. All the shit in between where it's like, oh, there was like, yo, if it's if you can do a 15 minute between bands, 10 minutes between bands setting up on and off. That should be fine. Yo, you're not moving that, fucking stage props. Your, your three hour show. I'll, I'll even say three and a half. Yo, if you can do a show in three hours, I don't care how many bands you have play. That's oh, a fun. That's time. fair. Anyone can leave. Right. That's and, fair. That's the, the Patrick, timing. Do you is have any complaint about that? Uh, no, literally, if you all share gear and you play 20 minute sets and I'm out in three hours, uh, it could be a grind festival. Yeah, it doesn't so, matter. So, Minneapolis, four bands, yes. right? Uh, one, two, yeah, four bands. What what time did the first band go on? 7.30. And then Citizen over by 11? Yeah. And it was, so. Done. I want to I give a shout out to Citizen's tour manager. Uh, some tour managers... And it depends on the type of band, and I, I understand the rationale of everybody. Um, they get very salty if you start a minute early. Uh, part of that is that people just want their shows to run like clockwork, and they have time set up. And part of that is there sometimes a headliner believes that there's like kind of more esteem and starting later. And sometimes it's just about keeping the bar open. You know, right, right, and if and, they go, yeah, if like if it's like, oh, you're go, you guys play at ten o'clock, and then all the opening bands play fifteen of their allotted thirty. Yeah, people are sitting around with their thumb twiddling their thumbs, 
or you go on before people are told you're playing. Right. Uh, yes. Which sucks, <laughs> I would imagine. So, hundred percent, right? Um. So, but here, but here's uh, he, we the bands finished early. Uh, Glitter finished earlier than anticipated, I think, and or maybe they just actually they probably just broke down faster, and we said, oh, there's like 20 minute wait or something to our set time. And we said, Oh, do you want us to wait? And he goes, what are you kidding? Let's fucking get out of here at a reasonable time. Play. I love and it. I was so psyched. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this is where a cool tour manager is doing the thing that they don't always have options to do. Um, or they might not have that leaning, but if you book a hardcore show yourself, that, isn't at some shit club you don't have to worry about. So take that fucking baton and run with it and realize like, yo, work it out in advance. If there's five bands playing, say, yo, look, you got about, if you tell me, I forget these things. These are not things that people know inherently. You go, oh, I'm putting on a show. Let me make sure I have a PA and a place for bands to play. And I'm going to set up by the front and make sure I have change. All right, that's it, right? It's like, well, kind of. But also, if you tell the bands in advance, like, yo, uh, roughly you're going to play from 5 to 5.20, and the next band goes on at 5.35. That starts to help. And, it, you know, you do that two days before, so they get an idea, and you got all that stuff. Then when they get there, they expect, I'm going to play at 5 to 5.20. All right, right, cool, you know? And, and if you and, get more time than, you're, than you have, use the second half. Yeah. That's I was talking to somebody that had gotten like a, a friend of ours put their record out and they got on a really big show in their town. Mm. Right. And I think they were like, it was either them and the headliner or them, one band and the headliner and say they were supposed to play from seven 30 to eight. They went on at seven 30 and played to like seven 43 uh-huh. and then yeah. fucked up the timing for everything else. I'm like, if that's the case, go on at seven 45. Like right. take those 15 minutes up front. Don't leave them on the table. Well, and, Take and them, let more people get in the door. Yeah, yes. That's that's a good one. Is is if you're there opening, like that's a, a thing I'd say with I didn't expect this to be a show booking show, but but it just works for a quick hit. You know, always give a little extra time for people to show up, you know. Don't put uh show starts at five, five o'clock on the flyer. You know what I mean? Like put put an hour before you're actually planning to have a band play. Uh, so people start matriculating and still right. plan on a three-hour show. You know I mean? Right, but at the same time, there is nothing worse in the world than when you go to a show and you're like, oh, doors at six, first band at seven. They wait because like the first band's like, well, there's not a lot of people here yet. No, you're not. Like, no. You need to have a fucking hard in and a hard out. You, so that's, that's the trick. If you're going to do the fir- first band at time, which I've done, Make that real. Like, make that real. If you're not, if you say show starts at, you know, you know, doors, you don't have to say show starts, but doors at 6, you know what I mean? Or just put the time, 6 p.m. I usually give a 30 minutes, I think, for people, just so it's not crazy. An hour's fine. 30 minutes is fine. Whatever you feel comfortable with. You just don't want, one, for people to be waiting there for an hour. Fuck. I don't, I mean... Mm, I don't know. I, I think there's a way to do it. It's been a while, guys. Uh, it's, <laughs> been a, it, it's like there's a way to do it 
where you don't have to have someone wait for a, a long time. And you also don't have to have the band waste a bunch of time. Like you, you, what you said, Tom, about if you, if you have a 13 minute set and they give you 20 minutes, to, you know, uh, wait seven minutes to start. I don't mind that. I think that's smart. Let a few extra people get in. But I also, you know, in a, in a promoter way, you're like, yo, play. But, but the other side is if, if they say you have a 20 minute set, they, there's, there's big time stuff. So it's like, you only, I've had, Big dudes say you didn't play long enough, and it's like, what do you? Oh yeah, we have a twenty-minute like, set, right? Like that's so weird. So <laughs> it's sort of like the weird. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce, and I'm Nolan, and this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Gray Street. I think there's a weird space between DIY events and like house shows and VFW shows and stuff and club shows where it's like, yo, clubs are a little bit more clockwork, but you can learn stuff from that that you can apply and then add your own energy to, to make it so it's easier. For example, one of my biggest pet peeves is big club show. Four bands are playing. Each band gets 25 minutes and there's 30 minutes between each band. Oh, well, the or worst, like, yeah. the fucking the worst. worst, like the headliner and like the headliner has 30 minutes from the b- before they play. And like, I don't know, I guess the first time that ever happened to me, I had some built up anticipation. Every subsequent time I just was like, should I just leave? Sucks Do the really oxygen out of the room. Yeah. 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 Sucks. Yeah. Nothing's better than being like, oh, cool. oh, shit. That was 10 minutes. That's right. That's right. It just, you just make stuff uh, happen. So, I, yo, again, shout out to Citizen we were, it felt like we had just gotten off the stage and unloaded uh, and they started playing. It was like, uh, we we were sitting there flabbergasted with this like, like respect for an open or for a headliner that just goes straight to it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, let's just fucking play. Like Uh, a punk band in a, in a big band situation. Truly. Uh, can I say uh, I'm going to suck citizen off a lot on this fucking thing. Cause I was just, I'm impressed with their vibe, but I <laughs> like vibe. Can I, so let me just tell a funny story real quick. Please. I, I had an exchange today w- with someone who works for a band. I'm being intentionally vague because I'm the, like the um, yeah. it's like, it would be snitching in, to some of our listeners. Right. Um, ran into somebody who works for a bigger band who I said, Oh, what, uh, how's that going? Whatever they said. I said, good. I said, we talked about COVID talked about the thrice store, blah, blah, blah. And I say, Oh, what about the band you're working for? How are they handling that? And he goes, he gives me this like real down low, like don't say anything sort of thing. He goes, they don't give a shit. (laughs) And here's the thing. I was like, yeah, they're probably twice as big as, as, uh, as drug church. So like, you know, like, kind of irresponsible to not, to not give a shit, you know? And, but here's the part of it that is funny. 
I went and looked at their Spotify and I went and looked I, and this proves how out of the fucking game I am because I, I went and looked at their Spotify <laughs> was blown away. This was while we were talking right now. Then I went and looked at, at drug churches, Spotify thought it was respectable until I saw this other fucking number. And then I typed it into percentage calculator. Um, it is a 900% difference. Wow. Wow. So I thought drug church, what this means is that either drug church is a very tiny band, which is true in, in like the macro. Yes. But like we're like basement level and this, this other band is just normal or I'm completely out of whack and drug church is a serviceable club act. And this other band is fucking big. It's like a theater band. I don't. I'm gonna check what venues they're playing because a 900 percent difference in listens is fucking crazy. Hit us in the group chat with with the band. Yeah, that's I cool. will. All right, All right uh, quick but, hits. You got one. Yes. Oh, sorry. Finish up. No, that's. I, I just. Right. I, it, it's funny. The, these we talk about Spotify numbers and what they mean, what they don't mean, et cetera. And then people hit us and are like, here's what it really fucking means. You know what I mean? Like, but like nine hundred percent difference. Fucking nuts. Go Sheesh. on. Quick hits. Um, yo, we have uh, a couple quick things. We were just talking about festivals. I want to shout out um a couple. Uh Tom, you mentioned uh yeah. LDB, them. Uh coming up sooner than that, though. We have uh, a fest in Western Michigan called Sweat Fest. Shout. Um, shout out to them. Brett over there has been a supporter of Axe Grind for a long time. Thank you. The Sweat Fest is a one-day fest, uh, December 4th, 2021, at Skeletones in Grand Rapids. Either of you been to Grand Rapids? Yes. Oh, yeah. All right. I haven't been. I'd like to go there. Um, playing is Who Decides? Slug. Sidios mm. Chiere, Prison Suicide, good name, Prevention, name, hard name, Porcupine, yes, Pink Pout, Lib, and Love, Enemy of God, hard name, Dis- di- yeah, great name, Disappear, Bull Cult, mm. Bitter Truth, Mh Chaos, Last yes. Gas. Yo, I know we've talked about Mh Chaos. I think an underrated band. Like, I think they're a very fun fucking band. So shout out to MH Chaos. Everybody, Killing if you haven't Chicago. checked that out, check it out. And Antidote. So NYH up in the uh, Michigan. Everybody should go check that out. Um, yes. Sweatfest. You can find it Let online, me kick off the obviously. conversation. Which, which Antidote? OG There's line. only one now. Yes. Oh, really? Well, no. I mean, okay. it's Antidote, and, Antidote NYC. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is antidote. It's, yeah, this is with the OG singer and and Nunzio, the guitar player. Yeah. Here's a question. Yes, uh, Tom, do you know these fellas, New York? Do you know them from around the way? Or I mean, just- these dudes are like so OG that I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So uh, I know. I mean, I, I know was like six. Difference, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so mindless speculation then from both of you. Sure. If I gave them both the right amount of money, would they? play together a dueling oh, set. Oh, yeah. wow. Um, no, I think that's some hard feelings by the OG antidote. I uh, listen, I'm sure there is, but 
Well, the key if term I doubled you said the amount of, the if right I doubled their of money, right? Yeah. If I doubled their best offer they've ever gotten, like let's say that I'm just a mad scientist, like I right. make money in crypto and for fun, I do things like throw money at bands that I know don't. Right, you're like the only guy who owns that Wu Tang record or something, right? Yeah, you yeah, have yeah. money to burn. I'm like uh, I'm Gru from uh, uh, Despicable Me. Sure, right? sure. Wow. I mean, that's probably why you're having trouble on stage, but I mean, that's how it looks like. Have you seen the whole Despicable Me movie? Yes. I, I have too. Patrick, as well. As, yeah, you, I was going to say, that's crazy if you've been able to watch that. No, I, I have not. It's, I, I, it's r- rare yeah, that it I make is. it through anything animated. But Yo, w- what movie, what's the last movie you made it through, by the way? I tried to get through Dune. Um, I heard that was amazing. Yeah, I, really, I really, really, really enjoyed what I saw. And then uh, HBO Max just started acting weird, and it only HBO Max weird. sucks. It, you know, it's fucking oh, so these apps are all, all terrible. But all right, so here's the deal. So you go, hey, Antidote NYC and Antidote OG. Hmm. Here's all this money. Antidote OG gets to play the seven inch, yeah. right? Oh yeah. And then Antidote NYC, who mind you, will have two LPs out or three LPs out. With the, the the singer of that band, yeah, 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 because they have like the cock rock one. They put out another one probably five years ago. Yep, and they're putting out another one. So like they have three, right? I mean, but like, I don't give a shit. Like you can have fucking nineteen al- albums. You're not beating that seven inch. Nope. And so like the singer and guitar player that wrote that seven inch get first dibs on those, right? I mean, like. Maybe they can be like, you can have foreign job lot. I mean, whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, they both got to play. They, I mean, <laughs> something must be. I don't know. Well, I mean, all right. Let's say this. You found the magic number. It's a lot. Who cares? You're you're crypto wealthy. Mm, true. How much more are you willing to double the payment if they do dueling banjo style, like? Like we're gonna play foreign job lot, and then they're gonna play foreign like, job. Then lot. the crowd gets to vote who did it better. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, response. I'm, listen, you, know? I, I'm, you can get I'm real not- gross and make it like real. Like, that's gonna be a no for me, dog. You could make it like a vote and stuff. It could be really depending on how much money you have. You could make it. <laughs> that's what, so. This is kind of weird is, game. Yeah, yeah, this is like Doctor Evil levels. It's like Squid Game for New York. <laughs> yeah, antidote Squid Game. Yeah, how did Patrick get into his Gru? And fucking Austin Powers reference bag tonight. This is yeah, a really? weird night, man. Man, both Mike, are, My, Mike Myers. Yeah, no, Steve no. Carell. Steve, Steve Carell. Carell. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um. All right. So yes. Um. Yeah. I think. I think there's a big number, but it's like it's like the same thing. Like that game should be played with the Chromags and see. Harley's shown a willingness. JJ doesn't seem to show a willingness. What's the number? You know what What's I mean? Every, there's a number for everything. And, you know, like Coachella bosses make an offer, you know? Mm. I can't do – respectfully, I don't think I have Chromax money. No. I bet I could put together Antidote money. You know what I mean? From your crypto? So, so I, th- I think this can be done. Did your crypto ever recover? I'm up like 500 today. You know, no, nothing going to make it, man. Nothing big. Are you gonna cl- have you have you? You don't cl- think five hundred is covering the antidote squid game? <laughs> no, I don't. Think so. <laughs> have you cleaned out some money? Have you have you uh, withdrawn or no? Yeah, I made okay. I've made okay. money on a couple things. Yeah, I, I love to hear it. But but really, I'm either waiting for a end of a year end of the year pump or end just, of a year pump. That's what he meant. Just 
straight into the straight into a bear market for fucking two years. We'll see. Yeah. End of year pump. His Freudian slip. I know. Shit. I caught that. Mm-hmm. You see, that's what he's pretty much being like. Throw some money at me, oh, shit, and I'll do right. an end of a year tour. No, I did not say that. Not, no. I mean, you're uh, insinuating that pretty much, but well, I mean, that's cool. Hold on, let me shout out a show while we're here. I got shows to shout. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom's got shows to shout at the Anchor Rock Club. Are you guys familiar with this? Is that in Boston? I be- no, that's got to be a Jersey thing. Uh, e Town Concrete. Oh, Atlantic playing, City is playing Saturday, December eighteenth. With Raw Life and a band that I back pretty hard, hard enough that I uh, helped put out their record, Threat to Society, mm. who have been sitting on this record for a pandemic. And I'm very excited for people at these shows to get an op- at this show to get an opportunity. You know, I think we talked about it as far as putting out other people's music in the future. I'm if I'm crypto wealthy, I'll certainly do it, but I'm interested in doing it, but kind of in the same way that Bob has put out people's records with no label on it whatsoever. Yeah, that's true. That's uh, my favorite label. No label. No label. I, I think that that's like, people don't talk about this enough. There's labels and we respect these labels. We, we promote these labels, but there's also like people that don't want they don't want that experience. They want to try something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that has a lot to do with the amount of time people have kind of the, uh, the amount of bullshit that they want to go through. Like the, mm-hmm. because I know that the, our label head listeners who are listening to this, know this to be true on a, on a higher level. People rope you into scene politics that you want nothing the fuck to do with. And mm-hmm. they want you to be the arbiter at an arbitrator of things that you couldn't possibly know (laughs) you know what I mean and it is an uncomfortable weird thing that people a lot of people just aren't game for like uh, Bob I don't want to speak for you but Mm. that might have had maybe some small bit to do with the fact that you putting out people's records for what you'd call no clout because yeah, you, did, no, you didn't awesome. put, you didn't put any stamp on it. No, I, I thought it was awesome. I, I because I had done collapse, which is my personal label, which I kind of just like, look, this is people be like, do you have a logo? I'm like, not really. You can just whatever you want to put on there. Um, hey, what's your address? I'm between houses. Just make one up. Go yeah. ahead. Like there's some good. I think there's a one, two, three Main Street, Huntington Beach on one of those. Um, yeah. Like, but then I was like, eh, this is. There starts not that there were because I had good relationships with everyone I, I did stuff with, but then you go, well, I don't even want to be like, I don't care. Like, I'm not trying. To, I don't like. I like. I like this music and want to put it out. Um, so then you just release it without a label and it puts all the focus on the band and there's no label. So it's like, wait, what, what's the deal with this? You know? And you just, you eliminate so many questions and responsibilities and Pat's not wrong. He might, I'm borderline shocked. you remember any of this, but it's like, you just want to detach from any of that kind of shit, any of that kind of energy of being like pulled into a a room that you don't want to be in. Yeah. Actually, do me a favor, put a pin on that. Maybe we could make that a larger conversation uh, at, at, in a second. Uh, getting roped. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll finish up here real quick. Um, the experiment that I want to run, putting out records in the future, nobody write me yet. I'm going to be broke for another few months. Uh, I think putting out very limited 
number of vinyl with that are intended to sell within three live shows. Yes. I think is the, that's the space I want to occupy. Yes. Now that's, cool. that's not going to work for every band, obviously, but I really think that there, and after, after that point you can press it yourselves. You know what I mean? I'm just interested in the kind of live show experience. Let's get people to sh- two shows f- for a purpose and here you can get this thing at these things and then that's yes. it. Yep. And that's it. And uh of course that creates like a aftermarket that I'm not really interested in. But like yo, what do you, you know, care about then after aftermarket? You know what I mean? You're out by that point. Th- that exactly right. Like so uh but threat to society, we didn't press a lot of these records, and that's intentional. Show up to this show, they'll probably burn through these in not very many shows at all. So I'm excited for people to hear it. And uh, that's Saturday, December 18th. Uh, Tom, I have a big, I, I want to talk about that topic, but you have some, you have a show to announce. Tell me. Sure. I mean, I'm not announcing these shows already been. No, out, I know. But I just yeah, want to shine some light on them. Yeah. yeah these are, these are worth, Positive, worth yes. the time and attention. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so go ahead. Um, so, uh, two shows in California and a show in Brooklyn for the children, the 10th annual holiday toy drive, which is fucking crazy. Um, crazy. Nate from Zobalba puts together a show every year. Um, They, they uh, get donations of toys and distribute it um, throughout, you know, like the the greater Los Angeles area. Um, So the, the, so the California shows, they're both at the echo plex in Los Angeles. Um, The first show is December 11th, 21, 2021 Um, law of power. Scowl, Wrist Meat Razor, Vamachara, Section 8, Year of the Knife, Judiciary, Piece by Piece, Down Presser, No Warning. It's a pretty wild show. That's a bonker yeah. show. Yes. Every time I see Judiciary, I think about that goddamn deer. Yo, shout out. We lost the whole Judiciary. We need those fellas back on. Yeah, we oh, should. That's, actually. that's a good right. point. We they were really fun, dudes. They were awesome. Jake and Oz, please come back. Um, and then December 12th, at the same venue, Pain Ritual, Repeat Offender, Zulu, Momentum, Dead Heat, Sanction, The Killer, Rude Awakening, Fury, oh, and yeah. Comeback Kid. Nice. I believe those shows are sold out, so look out for, for for tickets being opening up and I guess and all that sort of stuff. Or figure out, you know, go to SOS Booking and figure out a way you could probably donate toys and not even go to the show if you, if you can't get in. Shout out, which uh, I think it's a great thing. Like you see the videos and stuff of them, like delivering the toy. It's like tons and tons of stuff, which is fucking great. I highly support this. And then um, the next weekend, uh, co-presented with Saint Vitus at the Market Hotel in Brooklyn, um, December eighteenth, uh, six p.m. It's stabbed, mm. soul blind, mm. scowl, hangman, section eight, Zobalba. That is not sold out yet, but I'm sure it will be soon. December 18th, 6 p.m., Market Hotel. Great venue if, if you haven't been to it. It's the one you've seen videos of, like, the train running behind the stage. It's so cool. It's it's awesome. Um, but, yeah, like a DIY spot. That should be a great show. It's a nice mixed bill. Um, yeah. So go Shout check those to, both. To for yeah. the children. I know we've done this before with them, but they it's just cool. They do it every year. Like you said, it's impressive and uh, for a really good cause. So all right. yep. uh, that's our shows. We gave some good shouts. There's a lot happening. Um, I think all of those would be enough to peel me off my couch. So uh, Patrick, quick hit. 
Uh, just uh, you got me thinking when you're talking when we were talking about getting roped into shit. If I could just please, uh, and I don't say this for myself, I've done a good enough job of insulating myself against this sort of shit but you're gonna talk about the lady who peed on the guy on the stage no uh, i I couldn't believe that she apologized it's lame as shit they're Uh, coming after her that sucks so it was consenting yeah the man dude looked literally excited yeah honestly two adults pissing on each other what the fuck has got to do with me so that's like the sort of thing where like yo if i'm interested in that i'll look in that direction if i'm not i'll look at my shoes you know what i'm saying like what the fuck anyway Everybody. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living. And every week, I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there. This is a public service announcement. Anytime somebody says that, it makes them sound like a fucking dickhead, but here we go. Um, it, Here's a PSA, and then yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, we got we got to talk about. Um, yeah. <laughs> why isn't anyone talking about everybody? The people that play in bands, even the big ones, even the ones that you have a connection with, maybe maybe smaller, whatever it is, um, they don't really work for you. They're not service like you would treat service workers better than you treat some of the people in bands. I'm thinking specifically about a friend of all of ours who gets an incredibly weird amount of pressure applied his way from total fucking strangers who want him to be a mouthpiece for this, that or the other. Mm, Sure. Guys don't do this. If you connect with somebody and you say, Hey man, I noticed that you never talk about brawny paper towels on stage. Uh, have you thought about it? Cause like you could have a positive influence on people. If you talked about brawny paper towels on stage now, that's fine. You have a connection with that person. You've talked, but when you appeal to a total stranger with, Hey, I need you to discuss this shit. Yo, that's weird. Don't, yeah. don't do that. I wish I knew who you were talking. I wish you told that because I'm no. never good at this. I can never <laughs> feel because like we all know a ton of different people, like ton of the same people. And I go, is it so and so? Is it so? Is it no? It can't be her. Is it her? Oh, no. And and then I, by the time I remember to ask, it's too late. No. I mean, think about it. There's also like we can just assume some motherfuckers. Like sure, sure. Oh sure. yeah, very kind people that we know that probably put up with way more bullshit than than. Okay, so let me people. talk about a dude that is not the dude I'm talking about, right? So like, I'm gonna. This is a pure hypothetical, just based on what's happening. So, Brandon from Turnstile is about as nice a dude as I've ever met. Very kind, very genuine kid. He's also in a big band. Huge. I bet that the fucking DMs making fucking inappropriate requests for him to do this, that, or the other are off the fucking chain. And he's not, he's a, he's a bitter, bigger figure right now than the fellow that I'm talking about. But like, it's, that shit is just like, 
that's not cool. <laughs> Even if your cause or the thing that you want to address is very worthy, it's this person is not your employee. <laughs> that's just what it is. They don't owe you nothing. And it's weird that you would insist otherwise. Well, so so this is oh, kind of a larger content piece that I think is worth thinking about and discussing a little bit is the idea so hardcore is supposed to be uh, there's no barrier between audience and artist you know the people who are in the crowd are quite often the people who then go up and play the next set you know and, and all that's really good energy and that's right but a lot of times there's a weird assumption that because you know this person as an artist or you know the art they make, the, the closeness you've, you've experienced to that art, to what they make, is bringing you closer to them. And in one way, you're true. You're right. Because hopefully this artist is creating something that's uh, an expression of honest feelings or emotions. And I would say for the most part, they are. Or they're a facet of who this person is. And, you know, that's cool. They're sharing it with you. And, and that's neat. So in one way. But... Sometimes that's just a one-way street. In hardcore, and it's not just hardcore, but a lot of subcultures, the smaller, the more intense it can feel, you end up feeling more connected to people than you actually are. And I don't say this in a bad way. I think this is a way for people to actually understand. It's like the same way people come to the realization, like, shit, you mean all my online friends aren't really my friends? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's like you know, hardcore. right, 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 right. And, and I don't want that like, yo, all three of us have met, you know, some of the most meaningful relationships in our life, if not Absolutely. the most meaningful through hardcore. So so like, please. Oh, I love are. hardcore. Right. No, but I'm saying hardcore and, and no, the, the internet, the, the hardcore and the internet, 1000%. But when it comes to that, I think, Pat, what you're getting at is is kind of a symptom of that is that. There's people who've connected so deeply to what, you know, this person has made or that person has made that they now feel comfortable um, maybe saying or asking for this. And, right. and, you know, it really depends on the temperament of the person. But, but you know, I, I use that example. I always, you know, like I, I, this is for somebody who's people get comfortable. Stuff, people get comfortable. People, but but I I use this example, and it's like I went up to Chris Claremont, the guy who wrote X Men for a million years, and said, "Hey, you know, thanks for 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 doing this. You know, uh, I read, I, I learned how to read by reading your books. What's he supposed to say to me? He's like, oh, thanks. Yeah, you know, like like I was thanking him. I didn't really expect anything, but he didn't have anything for me. You know, there was nothing there, you know, and there shouldn't be. And I didn't, afterwards it was like funny and it was a weird, weird interaction, but it was fine. It was totally cool. But that's more on him. Cause there's some people that are gregarious enough that it can turn that into a moment. So totally. you'll never forget. Sure. And, and, but to me, I was in the postscript of it. I appreciate it because I didn't, he wasn't rude. He wasn't no, hurt. No. He was totally cool. Totally fine but you know it's that moment where like i i wasn't a pro, you know my 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 response to famous people or whatever or any sort of celebrity that you might make it is like you try if you act normal you're you know this is a guy i just went up to he had spoken at some comic con i was at and i was like oh hey you know it's, uh, i didn't get an autograph i didn't care about that you know but but i i think 
hardcore is a different place because sometimes the res- the request it you know I've had people come up and thank me for doing X Y or Z and it's it's always a humbling and fulfilling and nice moment. But I've never totally been asked for anything other than to be kind and respectful in return, which I try to do. You know, um, what were you, you going to say, Pat? I was just going to say I'm thinking about this gentleman in particular and how basically. Nobody should get punished for being a, approachable. Right. That's like, and I just, you know, this is a, this is a number of our friends to be honest. And I've done a good job of making myself like pretty dislikable. And the only people that hit that. me for shit is like, I've got this dude, I've got this dude in Russia who sends me very aggressive DMS that say, I'm doing an art project. Can you say these words? into a voice. Oh yeah. Note. I remember this. Right. And I'll, so I'll do those because that's like a, that's a fun request to me, yeah. particularly because he's a presumptuous dick that just like, is like, why haven't you done this? If I don't respond to him, you <laughs> see, he like, also has been casually catching you uh, with feet in pictures. And now he's got a real setup going with all these words. He's been asking you to ask. Such. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that it, the, uh, the deep fake is, is on its way, but here's the thing. I just, <clears throat> There's got to be something between uh, like, or there's got to be like, um, like, let's say that you're like the, I don't know. I just look, there's like a lot that goes into this. I feel like a lot of the younger bands are making themselves super available, super, super available to uh, like internet people. Mm -hmm. And it's all love until it's not. And that's like a really scary turn to see up close. And I'm not trying to freak anybody out, but like, it's just, it's unfortunate that even in fucking hardcore, where the appeal of the shit was that, like, you know, I would accidentally hit the belt buckle of my favorite band with my tooth. You know what I mean? Like, yes. that was the appeal of the whole fucking thing. It's unfortunate that you got to put up these these fences, right? But like, you know, what what's the uh, rush line? Uh, uh, one, must put a, one must put a <laughs> one, one must put a barriers to keep to keep oneself it's unfortunate it really is but like if i could just give a warning having seen some shit up close uh through friends like you know strong fences make good neighbors and it's unfortunate but like sometimes you can't be as not basically not everybody in the world's your friend, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> like, and uh, it and doesn't that's okay. When you, when you start to learn that, the friends that you do have, you appreciate them more, even if you never fucking say it aloud. So uh, it's tough, feel- though. I think you're, you, people tend to be, pe- you know, you're a people pleaser sometimes and you get caught up in shit that you're like, oh man, I didn't know it was going to open up to this kind of shit. You know what I mean? And like, there's a band, and I, I was, I was, hesitant to name I, I won't name the band sure because they're they're canceled because their singer did some terrible shit yes but they always had this lyric that always struck me uh, it, it, about this exact situation yeah and like this person was sort of i mean bigger than anyone we're talking about by tenfold um and they're i mean Probably, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, they're they're at some point, some points, like almost an arena sized band came from punk and hardcore, got enormous, got canceled, 
Um, but they had a lyric that I, it always struck me. It was, I am not your friend. I am just a man who knows how it feels. Yeah. Well, and I think like that's so appropriate because it's like, yeah, I know how you feel. But that doesn't make me anything more than that. Right. Yeah. And I think people like the felt, you know, some of the folks that you're talking about, like, I think like, you know, they put out these, these records that are like, you know, if you experienced, you know, a 10th of what they've experienced, you're like, fuck, like I could have written that better myself. That's kind of where it ends sometimes. Yeah. And that's okay. You know what I mean? That's awesome. I don't meet, I mean, I haven't met my heroes. I, and I, listen, maybe we've talked on this or whatever, and it's just like a, a personal, uh, like uh, what, do, what do you call it? Like a, just the thing that bothers me, right? A bugaboo, a bugaboo, if you will. But like, I just, I, I recently talked to a friend who, like, there's no reason that any fucking stranger should be applying pressure <laughs> to, to, and it's like, it makes me like, it makes me grateful that I've put up a little bit of a barrier, but like also makes me mad that anybody is out here with the presumption that they can talk to total fucking strangers like that. So whatever. I apologize if, if this is like too much like performer end of this world. And like people are listening to this going, nobody gives a shit about your problems. No, 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 no. But I think it's, it's just, it's, it's good conversation on both ends and in every direction because it's like, yo, you're going to meet people in your life that, that mean more to you than, than others and who might mean like yo you can take something from someone who who sings in a hardcore band and really appreciate the shit out of it and like and take a lot from it and you don't even have to say hello to the person there's no requirement on your end and if they are rude to you i could see how that would negatively impact your view i get it i get it but you don't have to let it be like that and so anyways uh i think it's a good conversation um, be kind, like uh, um, a little less love, a little more common decency, right? There you go. So, um, yo, this was a good episode. Good app. What number was this? Something. <laughs>